Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. You know, we need to change what it says during the intro. Contents may may cause you to lean to the right. Contents will cause you to lean to the right if you listen to this program long enough and adhere to the message that it is proclaiming from the mountaintops. In fact, it's been a while since I've given you a... A disclaimer here. A disclaimer that says, if you are operating heavy machinery this morning, whenever you're listening, it could be during your morning commute to the office, to work, operate extreme caution because listening can, in fact, cause you to lean to the right. Welcome, my friends. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email address, as always, or at least since we changed the email address, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Thoughts, questions, feedback, Opinions, adoration, and praise all accepted at that email. Good to be here. Thank you for joining us today. I want to do something a little bit, you know, I say a little bit different. Sometimes we'll mix things up. Usually we're going through the daily news, which we'll touch on that. I don't want to say that we're not going to do that because that's one of the things we do on this program. In fact, if I was to give you a sentence <clears throat> that said what we seek to do on this program, it is simple. It is to help others hear and receive truth. That's what we try to do on this program. And before you think if you're a liberal who's tuned in and you're thinking this guy seems a little full of himself, let me just tell you, I don't have I don't have it all figured out, but I will tell you this. The things that we have figured out, the things that we do know to be true, we had best find a way to get those to be accepted and received by our fellow Americans, or we are in for one heck, one heck of a series of consequences here. So yesterday, excuse me, I got a phone call. I got a phone call from a friend. I'm not going to mention this friend's name. We had a lengthy conversation about some things. Very astute, sharp young man. Knows a lot about, you know, what he's what he's doing in life. He's, you know, his his business endeavors and so forth and sharp, very very educated, very well informed, follows what's going on. <clears throat> And, but not to the level that says he's just, he's younger and he had some questions, which I thought these are perfect questions to talk about on the program. Because what he basically asked me was, are things as bad as I think they are, Todd? That was essentially his question. And I want to talk about that today. Um... Now, I want to start off by saying a couple of things. First and foremost, I am wired to be optimistic. I don't know if it was part of my upbringing. I don't know if it's how I'm wired. 
I don't know if it's self-taught, if it's the result of being an athlete when I was younger. Younger, that's not today. I'm not telling you I'm a current athlete. Those days are long, long since behind us. But I don't know why, but I am, I am optimistic. I am optimistic. I listened a lot as a young man to the great Zig Ziglar, who, by the way, if you... When you listen to Chris Dunham fill in on this program, he's one of the first folks that we turn to, oftentimes the very first individual that we would turn to when we're out and unable to do a program to see if he could fill in for the day. He was the protege, protege of the great Zig Ziglar. And so he has a lot of uh, obviously stories and so forth about the great Zig Ziglar. But Zig was just overwhelmingly optimistic and he would say he would say some things on some of the what CDs that I have of his um of his that that's back when they put those things on CDs actually on tape cassette tape if you're a millennial and you're asking yourself what is a cassette tape maybe um or maybe a Gen Zer tuned in today that's that's a topic for another day but there were things called cassette tapes that were uh you could record to or you could have you know, listen to music on your favorite artist or listen to things they called books on tape. In fact, you might even hear someone in my generation still say book on tape. Um, it's, it's old habits die hard and you'll understand this uh, the older that you, that you get. But Zig Ziglar was incredibly optimistic and I think maybe I picked some of this up from him too. He said he would go after Moby Dick in a rowboat and bring the tartar sauce. And I think that there's an element of that in my mind too. So the way I look at it is as long as I have breath, as long as I have breath, I have the opportunity to influence the world around me. Now, the reality is not everybody can be influenced. The reality is some folks are hellbent on promoting an ideology that is antithetical to what we believe and what we know to be the truth. But that doesn't change the reality that as long as I have, as long as I have breath, as long as you have breath, you have an opportunity, right? I, I think how you look at that, that particular, you know, some folks would say, come on, Todd, that's, that's a little bit, uh, little bit too optimistic here in our outlook. Well, that's just not the way that I look at it. I've seen too many, as a younger man, I've seen too many comebacks of in, in football games that, you know, I've got a friend that anytime, anytime the other team gets up, I mean, five points, it's over kind of attitude. In fact, I remember, I remember this, and if he's listening today, you know who I'm talking to. I'm not going to say his name. Different friend, by the way. I said to him, we were texting during the Super Bowl. I forget which Super Bowl it was. I remember which teams that were, uh, that were playing, but it was Brady and the Patriots versus uh, the Atlanta Falcons. And the halftime score was, what, 28-3? to Or they were down 28-3 to at one point. And he started to say it was over, and I said, it's never over with Tom Brady. Now, were the odds in his favor? No, but what happened? They actually, they actually won that game. I'm also reminded of a Colts game against the Buccaneers in, I don't know, early 2000s, maybe 2002, I think it was 2003, when Peyton Manning and the Colts came back after being down, they were down 21 points or some such thing with, I don't know, four or five minutes left and ended up winning that game. So 
I know those are, those are those are sports analogies. Not everyone listening to my voice even cares about sports. Even maybe doesn't even know who some of those players or teams are. But the point is, until the clock reads zero, there's an opportunity, and I think we have to look at it this way. So, I'm telling you, I'm optimistic. I'm telling you that I'm kind of like uh, the guy, <laughs> the guy in the movie. Dumb and Dumber, where she says, what are the chances of a guy like me? Well, he says a girl like me and a guy like you getting together. And she says, one in a million. And it's Lloyd Christmas. He says, so you're telling me there's a chance. That's, of course, extreme hyperbole and all that comedy and whatever. But the point is, there is technically always an opportunity here. And so I come come at it from that angle. If I didn't believe that, I wouldn't be doing this program. But to his original question... Are things as bad as I think they are? My friend asked me a a variation of that question. The short answer is unfortunately yes. Yes, it is. Yes, things are as bad as we think they are. In fact, in fact, if I was being completely upfront here and properly framing this, I would say if we had to choose between these two options, they're not as bad as I think they are or they're worse than I think they are, I think we should choose the latter, that things are worse than we think they are. Now, I'm talking about the direction of this country. I'm talking about the decisions that are being made as it pertains to America's economy, our freedom, our liberty, the things that we're doing as a nation, the legislative priorities, the direction of, I mean, I, the direction of the Supreme Court, even though I know we've got some better justices than we would have on there had it been President Hillary Rodham Clinton. But that's, again, there, there, there's a lot of things to be concerned with here. And I want to explore this today, but I want this to ultimately, and that's why I said this at the beginning, I'm optimistic Folks, we still have an opportunity to change things. Even though I'm telling you, yes, things are worse, (laughs) things are as bad as we think they are and probably worse, which is great news to start off your day or whenever you're listening to this. That's not necessarily great news. In fact, that can make many want to put their head in their hands and cry. I'm telling you, don't. if you got to do that for five minutes, get it out of the system. But I'm saying to you that we still have an opportunity to impact and to change things for the better. And I've said this before, I'll say it again today, people have never, they have never been more open in general, in general, to accept conservative principles and ideas than they are right now. Now, that's, I'm talking in my lifetime or even, you know, say the last 50 years. This This series of events and scenarios and drastic change, drastic changes between one administration to the other, coming through COVID, all of these things add up to a scenario where people, I think, are longing and searching for truth. In fact, I've got some things to share with you about my, our trip here across the country. We're currently in uh, Alamogordo, New Mexico. We're going to be heading Start to head back. We're going to be back in Indianapolis uh, here pretty much for April and May. Father-in-law wants to go to the Indianapolis 500, and we're going to do that. The kids are going to go back and play 
played a season of soccer, and we're going to be on the home base for a while. But there's some things that I've learned out here on this trip that I think I think God has kind of given me an opportunity to, to see and experience, both inside the church and across this country as as a whole. Not that we've traveled every all over the country, but we've traveled pretty extensively from Florida to Louisiana to Texas and now in New Mexico. And then, you know, when we stop and, and experience some places on the way back as well. Um, but I do believe that in general, more people across this fruited plain, across the heartland, the middle section of this country, are open to receiving conservative principles and truth than ever before, at least in recent history. I would say the at least the past 50 years. And it does not include everybody. Folks, we have to come to grips with the fact that there is a group of people, they're the godless radical left, and they are they are not interested in debating ideas. They're not interested in hearing bad news about President Biden. I mean, these are the same folks who were complaining about coverage of Biden. I saw this recently on CNN. They were all upset. <laughs> Because someone at CNN said something bad. I'm wondering how anyone can say anything good about President Biden at this particular point in time. But we're not going to persuade those folks. We're also not going to persuade the I hate Trump crowd. These folks have given up their ability to think and be rational and coherent a long time ago. And I hope that they come around. If one of them can put their rage and anger aside for a moment and have a conversation, I'm willing to do that. But I'm not willing, and neither should you be, not willing to huh, – I mean, huh, there's a verse in the Bible I want to say here, but I'm not, I'm not going to say it. I'm not. Um, but, but we shouldn't be wasting our efforts on people who are this far this, – have this much animosity towards truth, conservative principles and values and so forth. But folks, that is not the majority of – the Democrat Party. It isn't. It might be the majority of those in office. It might be the majority of those, it probably is, of those who you see and who represent the rank and file Democrat, but that is not your average Democrat. As I've said on this program many times before, many Democrats are single issue voters. They share a lot in common with you and me, but they are Democrat because they're a union Democrat or they're a teacher or they are. Uh, pro-choice or they're afraid of big business or they're afraid of climate change. And the Democrat Party is really a hodgepodge of, of people. It's not this – it's not rooted in an ideology, but it's led by people who embrace a radical ideology. And that's what's sad about this. These individuals who are single-issue voters who can be persuaded, who are open to dialogue and conversation – who are open to facts, information, and truth to some degree, they are hoodwinked into electing people who are radical leftists. They are hoodwinked into electing someone in their local district who says he or she is a moderate member of the House. I'm thinking of Connor Lamb in Pennsylvania, but then they go to Washington, D.C., and who do they elect to be Speaker of the House? Who do they allow to set the agenda for today's United States of America. It's the radical the radical left. But even though those are the consequences of their decision, I'm not always sure that they're fully that they see it that way. Um, 
I also think that they they're open if we do it the right way. That's part of it. We have to be persuasive. We can't go in just pounding our chest thinking that we're, you know, going to shut the shut the Democrats up or whatever. I mean, yeah, we want to we want to persuade. We want to proclaim truth. We want the fallacies and the broken morally bankrupt ideology and worldview of the radical left to be decimated. The ideology, not the people. Right? The people the people are worth trying to pull towards the truth and, and to help folks see the importance of these principles that we're talking about. So that is most Democrats. That's not most elected Democrats, but that that describes the most Democrats. And we had best get into the business of doing this um, or the answer to my question, are things as bad as I think they are? which is, yes, they are, but I'm still very optimistic and hopeful, will eventually turn into, yes, they're as bad as they, as we think they are, probably worse, and we're out of opportunities to be able to do anything about it because they've effectively silenced us on social media or they've outlawed, <laughs> I mean, the things that you're not even allowed to say, the questions that you are not allowed to answer, or excuse me, asked today, preposterous. It's truly preposterous. The things that they dropped down on Tucker Carlson on or Tulsi Gabbard. We talked about those earlier this week. So things are as bad as we think they are, probably worse. But folks, there is a silver lining to this cloud. So I got a lot to say about this today. Long here in this opening segment, but I've got some things we want to get to that I think hopefully will help. Hopefully help on our process here of really reclaiming America for the the truths upon which she was built. So we'll talk about that today, my friends. Sit tight back here in just a minute. All right, my friends, by the way, program brought to you in part by our friends at Edwards Equipment. Edwards Equipment located in Danville. 317-745-6427 or visit them online, edwardstractor.com. Also, they are hiring. So maybe you're looking for a job, looking to uh, you know change careers, what have you. EdwardsTractor.com, Edwards Equipment, the name of our advertiser. Check them out. Support our advertisers on this program. And be sure to tell them you heard about them here on the Todd Huff Show. You know, one of the things you've heard the left talk about, one of the things you heard the left talk about is lately with, with Ukraine is this idea that they say democracy has a cost, which I'm not going to quibble over this, but folks, freedom is what has the ultimate cost. This, this I've gone through this. I'm not going to go through it right now, but this is a sleight of hand. Used to, we talked in terms of defending freedom. Go back to the 1980s when Ronald Reagan was giving speeches, was explaining the argument of the ideologies, you know, the, the competing ideologies of Soviet communism and this great nation, this constitutional republic and look at what the main argument is the, the the thrust of the argument is about freedom the individual choice the ability to live life as god 
created as we choose to do here this side of heaven. Now it's about just democracy, which some might think is innocuous. And I got to keep myself from going down this path because this is a whole other conversation. But, but, and I'm not bad mouthing democracy, but it is freedom that we should be, we should be defending freedom. And of course, democracy flows from that, not democracy only, because my friends, Bernie Sanders calls himself a democratic socialist. And what does he mean by that? He means that you should be free, or this is what the, they want you to think. You should be free to live your life in every area until it comes to your finances. And then if the majority of people say that they have a right to your money, you have to capitulate because the majority has spoken. And if not, you are an enemy of democracy because the majority says majority says that you should have to pay more in taxes or whatever. And that, my friend, is not a good thing. That democracy, when it's combined with a protection for the, in, the freedom of the individual, which is what we did in this country, that is, that is where the sweet spot is. It's not just democracy where the majority can tell the minority what to do. And it's not just a lawless society where everyone's free to do whatever they want, including swing their arm up to and including the point where another person's nose begins, harming someone physically, taking their property, all those sorts of things, depriving them of life, liberty, property, the pursuit of happiness. Anyway, they talk about this. They, they talk about the cost, the cost of defending democracy. We have to pay a cost at the pump to defend democracy in Ukraine. That's, that's the position that we're taking here. That's where uh, folks who like to do some grandstanding – who like to do some um, virtue signaling like Stephen Colbert will jump up onto the microphone and say, hey, if I got to pay $15 a gallon for gas, then I'm willing to do it because it's, it's upon principle. As though these, these two th- there's no other alternative between, between paying $15 a gallon for gas and still wanting to support freedom around the world. These folks have woken up really late to the party if they think that they are the beacons of freedom around the world today, because they're not. Anyhow, so they've got it right, in a sense, in what they say, because there is a cost to defending freedom. And folks, I've, I've said this before, I think, on our television show, maybe on, probably on this program with the television shows just weekly. This is daily right? Weekdays. And so I'm sure I've said it on here too, but we need, we need effectively the equivalent of a pledge that the founders made on, in the declaration of independence, the founders pledge 2.0. Now I don't want to say that it's a better updated version. I'm just going to say a modern, a more modern version because in that declaration of independence, the founders wrote to one another and they meant it and many of them suffered great losses in their fight for liberty. Suffered great losses. And by the way, effectively signed their death certificate when they signed that document telling the king of England that we're no longer going to be a part of your little tyrannical scheme here. We're going to go start our new country and there really is nothing you can do about it. You better bring it. That's effectively what, what they said after documenting whatever it was, dozens of reasons as to how the king was acting in a tyrannical fashion. 
So, 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 so. In that document, they wrote, we mutually pledge to one another our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Friends, we need that today. We need that today. If we continue heading down this path we're heading down, which I can go through some of the issues. You know the issues. You can see it. You live it from economics and inflation to stagflation, potentially on the horizon as well, to open borders, to just abandoning folks in Afghanistan, to potentially starting or inciting. I don't know the word I want to use, but not doing much productive in a way that prevents a crisis or a new war from happening in Ukraine. Biden is not solely responsible, but it is worth noting that the mean orange man, as they would portray him, who sent out tweets and who told nations who mess with us, do not cross us or we will do to th- do things to you militarily that have never been done in the history of the world. Folks shivered with the President Trump here in this country because they thought he was going to start World War III. Ironically, turns out, who could have guessed this? I mean, we did because we said it on this program for years. American weakness is what's provocative. And so that weakness was a factor, absolutely a factor, in what we're witnessing with uh, Putin's invasion of, of Ukraine. We've got Iran acting up. We've got the Chinese threatening to take, take Taiwan. I mean, we have a dumpster fire not just domestically, but internationally. And it's time. It, folks, if we continue down this path, it is going to destroy all of us. It is. It's, it's going to be the ruination. I'm not saying next week, but this trajectory we're on, which, by the way, is viewed as an opportunity by some of these extreme radical leftists. Do not doubt that for one moment. But this trajectory cannot be maintained. It is... It will take us all down if we continue down this path. We have to stand firm as our founders did and get together and do something about this. I know we are, but we've got, folks, we've got a lot of work left to do. There's a lot of unanswered questions. There's a lot of uncertainties, questions about elections, which I think are valid, which, of course, we're not allowed to talk about. But we have to... It's no longer an academic pursuit. Some people academically will nod in agreement theoretically with what someone like me would say. But that nod is only, I think God was brilliant. Well, of course, God's brilliant. But one of the things that strikes me about God's brilliance is he made the universe physical. It wasn't just spiritual. He could have made it just a spiritual world, but he made it physical. And in a sense... You can no longer just theoretically, spiritually agree with something. You had to show you believed it by actually physically doing something about it. And that is, that's profound to me. Show me your faith by what you say. I'll show you my faith by what I do. We find that written in the book of James. And so here's our opportunity is what I'm saying. And we best get to the business of getting getting after it because the trajectory we on will literally <laughs> bankrupt this country financially, destroy this nation's uh, cultural fabric, moral fabric, potentially stop Republicans from ever winning elections again, making it not even a competitive thing. 
I mean, there's, there's so many things that are out there that are dangerous and concerning, but we're not helpless. We are not helpless. Quick time out, my friends. Talk about that when we get back. Sit tight. Back in a minute. You know, folks, welcome back. I got so much to say today. This, you know, for those of you that have listened for a while, that we are on what we're calling the truth tour. We've just kind of started this process. We're ramping up to where we're eventually going to be speaking at churches around the country. And then, in fact, I just wrote some some copy on that for people that we're going to be communicating with. But anyway, um, we've got to get, um, I've got to get a few things in order with our advertising sell sales process and eventually hire someone <clears throat> so that I can have someone take that over. And then we can really get after that. But I want to tell you that the, I don't know, the, the seeds that were planted on the truth tour, I could actually trace back to 1999 and I, I can't go through all the, the story to get here. Um, but for those of you that have listened, you know that this is something I started. This podcast was something I started after prayer and talking with my wife in 2015. I'm convinced that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, Again, there's a long story, but I don't want to do that. I started, I just don't have the time to do that. But we started this podcast in a bedroom closet, took it to Freedom 95, started the program at 2 a.m. there. The program then was moved to Morning Drive, and that's where we are. Now our podcast is among the top 5% of all podcasts in the world, which is crazy for me to think about. And I feel like we're just scratching the surface. We're now taking on podcast advertisers outside of the state of Indiana, Colorado, Texas. Folks, I'm talking with people all around the country, Georgia. Um, and, and you can help with this, by the way. You can, I mean, the more people know about the podcast and the more that listen, the more traction we can get. And so I, I welcome that. So you can rate and review the podcast. You can share it. Um, if you're a business owner, we can talk about advertising, podcast advertising opportunities or radio, whatever, television. And we're about to make an investment ourselves in, in advertising our podcast on other platforms. And there should be a significant increase in the size of our audience as a result. But folks, we're, as I told my friend yesterday, who this whole conversation started with his question, which was, again, basically – are things as bad in America today as they seem? As I told him yesterday, you know, it's not just enough to believe in these ideas. I alluded to this last segment when I talked about God creating a physical universe. We, we have to do something about it. We have to actually do something about it. And so there are some things that we can all do. The question is, how serious are we? How bad do we think it is? How much are we willing to put up with? Are we willing to say, I'm willing to ignore some of that, deal with these inconveniences for a little bit longer? Are we, are we going to say this is enough, this has gotten out of control? No longer. This is not the direction that we are going to allow. We are a people that, we're a nation that's built upon the concept of the consent of the governed, and the governed are telling the government, the govern governors, the legislators, enough. Enough of this stuff. That's what has to effectively 
happen. And there's some things that we can do, and I'll talk about those on the other side of the break. But i got to take one. Quick time out, my friends. Listen to Conservative Not Better Talk back here in just a couple minutes. Welcome back, my friends. Of course, now this is where the rubber meets the road. It's what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do about this? So we got some things that we can do. And I know a lot of times, I, I think of all the questions that I get asked, this is probably the most, I think, the most common. And I think it's people are coming from a good place. People are saying, hey, I care about my country. I don't want to continue going down this path, right? We've got some serious things, and I want to know what to do. But here's some things that we can do. First, as I said off the top, we need we need to get serious enough to the point where we have effectively what the founders did to one another, where they mutually pledged to one another lives, fortunes, and sacred honor. Folks, the forces that we are up against, the forces that we are up against, know, they know of no bounds as far as how hard they're going to push, how relentless they are. We have to understand that this requires good, freedom-loving people to stand firmly and to to be there for each other, not to turn our heads or say, well, that doesn't affect me when someone else is being under under assault because eventually that divide-and-conquer strategy will weaken weaken all of us. Um, so I don't want to go through all of the problems that we have, but you got, we've got high inflation, open borders, wars, threats of wars, free markets that are being completely destroyed by government. We got medical tyranny, attacks on free speech, identity politics, culture wars. We've got an overall war on truth. Things that would have been considered obvious a couple of years ago are no longer obvious to many Americans, including a lot of stuff that we see in the transgender movement, which again, I'm not condoning hatred or anything for, for folks in that movement. I'm simply saying that what they're telling us does not coincide with truth. We've got things like the 1619 Project, critical race theory, education, big tech, censorship. We have a lot of things, right, that are, that are happening here. Um, and there's no guarantees... The truth is there's no guarantees um, that we will be successful in, in rerouting or stopping this stuff. But there is a guarantee that we have, is it, and that guarantee is that if we do nothing or don't do enough, we will see this nation reach a point where it is nothing, not even a mere shadow of itself. And if America was made great because of the ideas upon which she was founded and built, it stands to reason that when she stops adhering to those ideas, when she stops promoting those ideas, when she stops living up to those ideas, having her government built upon those ideas, eventually things will will crumble. And we've already seen, we've seen a tad bit of that here even in the past year. So what can we do about it? First, we can organize. Folks, you can organize through this program. You can organize through your local communities. And through this program, I mean we have a community.toddhuffshow.com page where you can connect with people. You can go through your local community, social media, whatever. Organizing is, I think, the first step. 
Another thing is getting involved. Folks, go to school board meetings. Go to school board meetings. I had another conversation with another friend. She She's one that I have to tell you, I never really saw her, I don't know. It's much different than the person she was 10 years ago, but now she's going to school board meetings and actually affecting policy in a very, very good way. Ultimately, what causes things like the mask mandates to change and what causes policies to change is pressure. And I'm not talking, this is where the left will misrepresent what I'm saying. Oh, he's threatening. I'm not saying threaten. Apply pressure. Hold these folks accountable. That's the entire premise of having a representative government, which, by the way, includes school boards. Folks, I encourage you to go to your local Republican meetings as you can. We have to get control of those parties or at least put, again, a healthy pressure on them to be more consistently conservative, to produce more conservative candidates. Persuade others for truth is another thing that we can do. You can share this show, share other shows. I mean, of course I want you to share this show, but ultimately we have to win this ideological ideological war. Folks, I, I'm, if I'm able, and if I can come and speak at some place at your church, folks, I will happily do that if I can. But we've got to persuade others for truth. And in fact, as we grow, I'll be looking for some people to help do some, uh, some classes on some of these things through our conservative, not bitter university. Don't be afraid. Fear is their biggest weapon. Fear of COVID. Fear of climate change. Fear of nuclear war, fear of Trump, fear of fill in the blank. Fear causes people to give up freedom possibly more than anything else I know. But perhaps the most important thing I'm going to save for last, I'm up against a break here, so we'll get to it next, next segment. But there's one more thing that I think is important as well. Talk about that on the other side of the break. Quick time out, my friends, back here in just a minute. <laughs> my friends there's one more thing there's a lot of other things i just obviously this is not meant to be a comprehensive list but i do think i do think and i'm gonna get up on my soap my uh uh, i guess you say preacher soapbox here for a moment but i do think that the single greatest thing that we can do and i i don't think i don't want to come across as saying we should do this for the results but i do think the consequences of doing this will help in multiple ways including in the uh, saving, restoring this great nation. But I think a collective turning back towards God or turning to God in the first in the first place. Ultimately, this is the most important thing any one of us can do. Of course, pray for our country. Pray for this show. Pray for others. Prayer does work. I know it gets mocked a lot. Also, get involved in, in the local church. Serve, minister, spread the gospel, persuade for truth. Those things are necessary in a world that's dying and confused. Folks, I got to go. SDG. See you tomorrow. Take care.